You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And welcome to the All In Podcast, the podcast that brings you a different perspective on the dental industry. I am your host, Shane McElroy, and I appreciate you listening in today. It's beautiful outside right now. It's October, late October. And guess what's coming up? One of my favorite holidays of the year, probably maybe tied with Christmas, but Halloween. Getting dressed up, getting spooky. And you know what's really spooky? Is these economic times we are facing right now. And today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, marketing basics in a recession, right? When the economy's not going well, everybody tends to do the exact same thing, right? Oh crap, I better lower my marketing spend or I better not focus on those things that actually attract new patients and drive business, right? And that may not be the way to go. I'm not saying it isn't. Maybe lowering some of your budget spend or maybe switching that around to another area of marketing. But there's some things you can do that don't necessarily cost money to get yourself in order to be a leader of the pack in these trying times or times to come, right? And so while everybody else is running one direction, a winner usually goes the exact opposite direction. My good friend, Dr. Peter Bolden, if you listen to the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast with him and Craig Spodak, you know, I really learned this from him, right? When everybody's uh, saying, oh crap, not making a lot of money or right during COVID and all that, he doubled down. Why? Because the ad spend money goes down, right? The, uh, the, the dollar cost it takes to get to the individual you're trying to get and get that message to actually decreases as everybody's trying to cut back and save money, right? So he actually spends more in those times um, where most people are spending less and you can actually receive a bigger ROI in those times. So I'm not saying necessarily that works for your business right now, but we are going to review a few different things that that are easy to implement stuff uh, that you can implement in your practice tomorrow to start increasing the effectiveness of what you do with your patients and how you communicate, right? Whether that's through external marketing or internal marketing or both. Um, and so the, the biggest mistake I usually see with people, regardless of the economic times that you're in, whether it's a recession or times are booming, it's the same mistake, right? So when it comes to any type of procedure that you want to do more of, right? Uh, as you know, I'm in dental impl- in the field of dental implants. Uh, I have major focus on full arch, immediate load dentistry, right? Very expensive procedure, but it doesn't matter if you want to do veneers, if you want to do more endo, if you want to uh, extract more wisdom teeth, right? The principles all apply here. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that most people make is, okay, I, I just took this course uh, on full arch. And um, so I've done a few cases now and I really want to go hard at this. I want to do more. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but there's some things you need to do before you sit there and do what most people do and invest ten to $20,000 a month at PPC marketing and uh, SEO and all these other things. Not to say those things aren't good. They can be, but you have to set some groundwork first. Okay. So most people just go ahead and spend that money. And when these, all these people start calling in, you're not getting appointments or there's no shows or all these different things. You're like, well, I guess marketing doesn't work or PPC advertising doesn't work. Right. But that's a mistake. 
because there's more steps than just a patient calling, a patient filling out a form or questionnaire. That's the starting point. There's a chain that goes on here and every part of that chain is important. And so you need to analyze that. But that is the end point, right? Spending money on external marketing services is, is the last stop on this train, right? And everybody starts there first, which is the mistake. Where the starting point is, it, number one, it's always clinical education, right? If you can't clinically do a case, right, successfully, well, it's everything else is null and void at that point, right? So that's always the foundation, right? If you want to do more procedure, maybe you don't feel as competent as you should be, um, get get your education in order first, right? Take some really good courses, right? Find good mentors, learn that part first. That's the groundwork. That's the uh, th- That's the foundation of simply everything that we do, okay? But once you get past that point, there's some other steps here. And and these are the ones I call the, these are the easiest to attack and the most seldom attacked, right? So many business owners, many practice owners um, never get to this point and it's why they're not successful and why the successful people are successful because they do these things first. And I call it getting your house in order, okay? Um, before you should market externally, make sure that you have set up a scenario for success within your own practice. So those people who call in or come in as new patients or even your current patients can move through the process to give them whatever treatment they, number one, need, obviously, but also the services that you want to do more of, right? The more profitable procedures are the ones you just enjoy doing the most. That's a big part of it. And so what do I mean by getting your house in order, right? Well, for instance, I'm going to give you guys just a little example. When I was in the field for many, many years, the same story I would hear from a lot of surgeons or restorative doctors or whatever. So they'd have a long time patient, right? Been with their practice for 15 years, right? And apparently you tell me that you've talked to them, I don't know, 10 times about doing implants or whatever procedure that they need, right? Maybe, right? But maybe they didn't understand that or they didn't hear it or you didn't say that in a language that they understood. And I'll I'll come back to this point in a second. But all of a sudden, the next time you see that patient, they come in and they had the, you know, failing dentition. You've been trying to get them to do the right thing, take care of their teeth, do the things you've asked them to do to get them to dental health, but they never did, right? And so you've they come in with a brand new smile, right? And and I've heard this so many times. Hey doc, look at this. How amazing is this? I went to this clear choice place and and I have a, a brand new smile. Now what do I do now? Right? How do I get it cleaned, right? At that point, it's like, oh, well, I've been working with you 15 years so you didn't come to me. Okay, they didn't know you you offered that service. Now, you may say that you told them before. You may say, uh, hey, I had my staff discuss this with them. We talked about it. But you clearly didn't do it effectively if they didn't realize that you did that in your own practice, right? So now you're stuck with this patient, <laughs> who didn't know you did this and you could have made money and put them probably in a better situation. And I mean that because I'm not dogging clear choice at all. They've got some uh, phenomenal clinicians, but once they do that service for them, uh, they are not a patient of theirs going forward, right? They're going to tell them to go to their dentist. Uh, They can tell them how to clean it. They can do all these other things, right? But wouldn't it be better if you were the one to receive the money for that case? You, you benefited, the patient gets to stay with their own doctor, right? It's a win-win scenario there. And so we had a failure. We failed to communicate effectively. 
Um, now, there's ways you can actually uh, create awareness for these types of procedures in your practice that you do. That is incredibly easy without you saying a word, right? Um, shout out to Invisalign here. Uh, I think they've kind of led the market in this. One of their biggest, if not their biggest ROI piece of marketing, and they are great marketers over there, is that little sign in your lobby, right? That has a before smile, an after smile, a clear aligner, and says, ask your doctor, right? That little sign right there in your office with a little stand and a brochure right next to it said so many things without saying anything, right? Now they know if I'm interested in Invisalign, right? I saw a commercial over there. I didn't know my doctor did, but I know now. Why? Because there's a little sign in the lobby. Or maybe my kid was looking to do this. Or maybe my mom, right? So you're reaching more than the person that's just sitting there. This, this creation of awareness is one of the first steps in somebody um, making a buying choice, right? Moving forward with a procedure or purchasing anything, frankly. They have to become aware that you provide that service. Now, that sounds stupid, simple, but this happens all the time, right? You've got all these magazines in your lobby about all these things that you don't do, right? About surfing and, and traveling and do-it-yourself stuff. You've got uh, depressing news. Uh, every day I look at the TV and I turn it off because it's depressing, but you've got that depressing news playing in your lobby, not the best situation to put on. So don't do that. Use those elements in your practice to create awareness of the things you want patients to be aware about, right? Um, you know, building a, a program called Smile Today, we did a lot of this. Like we have awareness signs. We have looping videos of patient testimonials talking about their story, right? Now, I mentioned that was for a reason. We talk, we have patient testimonials play that tells the, a story. Number one, people love stories. So when you can talk about a real patient experience, a real story, they understand that, right? Now, you said you would talk to them about this procedure many times, but they didn't hear you. And the reason they didn't hear you because they didn't understand the language you were speaking in. So many clinicians, so many times talk about the process of a procedure, right? And I always do the same example. I'm going to use it again, right? With full arch immediately dentistry um, because I'm excited about this as a clinician, right? I want to tell you, man, this is so cool. What we do is we rip out what's left of your teeth. We splay your tissue open. We shave down the bone. We, we drill holes into your jawbone that we put these metal screws on. We attach a, a thing that was a denture and we convert that. And now you're going to walk out with a brand new smile. We'll attach that there. It's going to be awesome, right? Um, you freak them out. They're gone. They didn't hear a word you say because they're terrified. The process for them is the problem. That is scary every step of the way. It is all the reasons I'm not going to do this. Now, while you and I may think this procedure is cool, and I very much do, um, I love the process of the procedure. I love each step of the way. They don't. That is the hard part for them. That's the part that stinks, right? Um, for those who've heard one of my lectures before, I'm going to use this analogy, right? Let's talk about in a lecture, I'll say, raise your hand if you like to travel. Inevitably, 98% uh, of the room raises their hand. I go, you do? Well, that's interesting. Why is that so interesting? Because I'm calling BS. Nobody likes to travel, right? Oh, so you like parking eight miles away at the Atlanta airport like I do and having to walk all the way to the gate. Then you love paying a bunch of money for your ticket. Then you have to wait in the security line, which at the Atlanta airport is insanely awful. Uh, and the TSA uh, agents are just so nice all the time, right? And then uh, delay rates, I think for the three biggest airlines right now, they're saying they're doing pretty well, but 70% uh, of their flights are delayed and or canceled, which is wild, right? So you've got that stress on top of it. Then you sit in your seat and you've got uh, 
a heavy person or maybe uh what's that guy from game of thrones the mountain sitting next to you taking up half your chair funny story on my last flight i had a former professional football player sitting next to me who happened to be an offensive lineman weighing about 400 pounds and he was sharing my seat so we were cuddling the whole flight thank goodness he was a really cool guy i didn't mind it as much as i usually would right but then you get there and you're exhausted and hopefully you didn't get covid or some other disease on the way there too right we don't do it for that. We do it because the experience we want to enjoy at the destination, right? So patients don't want to hear about the traveling part and all the nuance and all the annoying parts first. They want to hear about, wait, where could I be? What is my destination? I want to look like this. I want to feel like this. Can you provide that feeling for me? And the way you provide that feeling is giving them with your services what will help them Get that feeling, right? A new smile. I'm insecure. I want to date again. I want to do this. Whatever their goal may be, if you can relate it in those terms, that's their language. It's benefit driven, right? So we talk about patient education all the time. So much of that is focused on the process, right? Um, but there's a new term in the medical industry called patient engagement or patient activation, right? Patient activation is patient education yet benefit-driven, not process-driven. That means it's talking about the results they'll see uh, if the procedure is successful, like the positive outcomes of this, right? They have to buy into that first. That is their language, right? I want to get to here. Can you take me there, right? That's what they want to know. And we can discuss, yes, I can. And yes, you. these are the things that you can expect uh, if you hold up your end of it. Okay, I'm interested now. Now we can start to talk about the money, the process, the steps to get there, the pain involved, right? We've earned our right to get there. So anything you should do with a patient should be let off in, in the benefits they want to receive from the procedure first to make sure that they want this. Otherwise, you're spinning your wheels, right? So we've got to make sure that we use the patient's language. And again, that is benefit-driven discussions, not process-driven discussions, okay? Um, and we talked about the office sign. We talk, now we talked a little bit about the language, but there's other things you can do. Uh, again, I talked about looping videos, right? Um, you want to have make sure you have signage or brochures or in, in a place where they can see them, preferably in a story uh, method, right? But if, if it's just a brochure, that's fine too, okay? But create awareness of the things that you do and make it easily accessible to those patients. Now, What's very important too is that not only do you have those materials, right, in your practice, your team has to be uh, somewhat competent in speaking to patients about them. Now, that may seem like a challenge. Why does Judy, the accounting person, or Tom uh, at the front desk, why do they need to know how to talk to patients about it? Because patients ask them, right? Patients run into them in the practice. They ask questions all the time, okay? So you want them to feel comfortable talking about these procedures. Now, that may seem like an arduous process. However, um, in the program that we created, we actually train this way with the materials that come with this program, right? So we have Smile Today and that uh, at ZimV, and that comes with a brochure. And we actually teach them how to talk to patients using these materials. Now, why is that important? Because if Tom or Judy, who don't deal with this all the time, forget, they can simply pull up those same materials they were trained on and they know where to go and read those words or point here, Right. So you, you really want to get your entire team, not just your clinical team, not just your uh, treatment coordinator, but the entire team to have some sort of understanding of the benefits patients provide. 
And then, then also an idea, a high level overview of what that process might look like, right? If you do those things, your team will become a machine in, as far as selling cases for you organically, right? I know people don't like the sell word, but get over it, number one. Number two, uh, selling doesn't have to be uh, one of these confrontational or uh, very pushy things. It can be organic simply by talking about it, by believing in what you do. Um, that's felt by the patient. So, so make sure you're investing in your team in training. And a lot of times, guys, I'm telling you right now, um, I know some sales reps are annoying uh, and all they want to do is sell you stuff. They don't really care. They just want to win their side. But you know the reps that are different, right? Because you've worked with them. The ones that are an asset to you, okay? Whatever, whatever products or services they offer you, there are few that are real consultants, right? Those are the ones who are honestly some of the best trainers for your team within their practice. Why? Because they have to deal with different types of people every day. They have conversations all the time. They're looking for uh, areas of improvement for whoever they're talking to, where they can provide a solution. It's all these core concepts, right? And so look for your consultants there uh, who are your sales reps, but but also there's also fundamental outside trainings that you can do. There's all sorts of different institutes for closing and things like that. And I would say it doesn't even matter if it's a closing or a uh, patient communication type of course. It doesn't even have to be on a specific service. The core fundamentals of all those things are all treated the same. It's just easy communication, benefit-driven, and then having resources, visual aids, right? More images you can show, models, things like that for your team to use the better, right? Now, it's gonna be a little shorter episode, so I wanna make sure that we get through some other things. So so getting your house in order, right? Making sure patients can be aware simply by signage or uh, stands or signs or brochures. And then also making sure your team knows how to use those brochures and this content that you have and make it easy for the patient, number one, to make sure they understand that you offer the service and then have an idea what that service can do for them, right? It's not about what it can do for you. It's not about... Uh, what it costs. It's about what can this do to improve your life or your dental health, right? All right. The next spot is websites. This always freaks people out. But when is the last time you reviewed your own website? Right? Um, put together, I don't even know, hundreds of websites over the years. So many people just set it and leave it. And then they look back 10 years later and like, oh, our website's kind of old. Man, I'm telling you right now, do a quick audit on your website. When, when, I don't mean like an official audit, you can get outside resources to tell you for SEO and things like that. But simply put, taking a look at your own website. Number one, go to your homepage. Start there. Does your homepage have your contact information or call now? And look on your phone. That's most important. Most people, like 60, 70% of people are using their phones now. Do I have a call now button or, or schedule an appointment now on the top right side? Okay. Why? If I'm holding my iPhone, so right now, take out your iPhone, put it in your right hand. If you're left hand, put it your left hand. Uh, but if you're right-handed, which uh, 90% of the population is, when you hold your phone, your thumb is going to be close to the top right. That's where your button should be now. Um, I got that information from the guy who did the original Clear Choice website, right? Uh, why? You're going to get drastically higher rates of people actually hitting the call button. If you get a, a lead from your website or from marketing, an active call into you is the best type of lead, right? Then... If you get a form lead, you have to call back, right? But that is not necessarily the best type of lead. The best one is incoming. I'm interested. I have questions I want to talk now. Okay, so that's one thing you want to do. 
And by the way, all that internal training stuff you did with Judy and Tom at the front desk, right? When that patient calls, now they can talk a little bit about that procedure and, and answer a few of those questions that they may have. When before, uh, they may have said, uh, all an X, uh, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Uh, you may have the wrong number, right? And that's a $30,000, $60,000 procedure that just went out the door because it's not Tom's fault if you didn't train him, right? Uh, but he just didn't know. And so that's the importance of that, getting your house in order. Okay. So that's a that's a little cheat code there. Put that button on the top right when uh, on your iPhone version of your website. Now, one of the other things you need to do, and this is pretty simple, look at your homepage again. Does it show, like if you have, show some of the procedures that you do, is it the pr- procedures you want to do? Okay. So are you having drill and fill dentistry on there? Are you having just extractions on there, right? But you want to do veneers or you want to do uh, high-end cosmetics, but it's not on your homepage. On your homepage, list out the procedures you want to do more of. And ideally, the ones that make you more money too, right? If those two things align, then you've got a sweet scenario in your hands then, right? When you have things that you don't necessarily want to do, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this type of procedure. Oh, I got to do another filling, right? And it's sitting there on your homepage. You're literally telling people, this is what we do and this is what we do best, right? No, put the procedures you want to do more of there. That's the biggest part, okay? That's step one, and that is easy to do. Now, go through the pages on your website. Does every page have an image or a video? right? The retention of somebody is 7% if it's just copy, meaning if it's just words on a screen and I go to that webpage, only 7% of people will read it. Now that number jumps up drastically when there's an image on that webpage too. So at a minute you have a women's, even if it's not even related to it, shockingly enough, that'll go up a few percentage points there. Now, if it's a really, uh, if it's an image that is attractive or, and related to the content within there, the readership of that copy goes up drastically. Now, what's really interesting here is no matter what you do, you put an image there, you might get maybe 30, 40, 50% of people to read that copy. And that's good. But if you have a video there, 80% of people will watch a video, right? A patient testimonial, a 3D animation right there. So if you can get access at a minimum to have images that are related to the content, which is in that page on every page, this is easy for developers to add, by the way, this is not a problem. Okay. If they say it is, they're lying or they're, they're reaming you. Um, or video. Video, streaming it through like a YouTube or a Vimeo is even easier for them to add many times. It's literally dropping the URL within there to stream it through. Okay. So if they tell you that's a big deal to add, they're lying again. Okay. And if they ask you, do you want it to be embedded or do you want to stream it? If you have a YouTube channel, stream that thing. Okay. Uh, if it's a YouTube channel, you won't. Uh, plus the loading times are way better. So I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole, but these are some basics you can start with. Let me review that real quick with your website. Have a phone call button, book now, call, consult quick, right? Uh, Make sure on your homepage the procedures you want to do more of, not the procedures you don't want to do more of. Remember, because you're communicating this is what we do and this is what we do well. Um, And make sure every page has images and video, okay? And this is a pet peeve of mine. if you have a, uh, about me, which you should, right? And you have your doctor on there and it's this crappy picture. What are we doing here? Like it's from 1985 or something like that. All you have to do is pull out an iPhone and take a new picture of them. <laughs> Please do that. Those cameras are great. And having a picture like that's 
awful. Now, maybe you want to add a cool background to that picture. You don't like the background. Get on canva.com guys, canva.com. Um, it's seven bucks a month. I think there's a version that's free too. trust me here. You can be a graphic designer essentially overnight by just getting on canva.com. They have all these cool templates, but what's cool in there is you can basically pick, drop in, upload your image and say, you want to change the background. You can even do this in a video, by the way. Um, and there's a little button in there where it allows you to says background remover. So you can drop in a new background. You can immediately, their AI removes the background on yours, right? And now you've got this cool picture that looks nice. It's got the background you want on there and put that on your website. That takes no time at all. And at a minimum, just take a new iPhone picture. Please God do this because <laughs> it drives me crazy, right? Hey, we talk about all our technology, but you have a, a Kodak camera from 1985 or Polaroid picture, uh, you know, taped to your website over here when you can easily pull out your iPhone, which all of you have either that or Samsung, both the cameras there are phenomenal. So make sure you do that as well. Now, uh, the last thing I want to talk about here is, okay, so maybe you already have these things. You're sitting there right now rolling your eyes at me because like you're saying, Shane, obviously I've got my team in line. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Our website is sick. It's got great video. It's very effective. Okay, great. And now you want to do external marketing. All right, we're, we're basically entering into a recession here, already are, and uh, marketing could be not inexpensive, right? I think as long as you're marketing correctly, there's a huge ROI, but just throwing stuff at a wall and sticks, not as big of my, or as much of an ROI. But in a recession, if you're able to talk to your marketing people, okay, whether they're external, internal, whatever that may be, and say, look at the buying rates and the trends of those rates for like, pay-per-click, Google, right? Google clicks, YouTube ads, super cheap. Okay. Facebook ads um, can be fairly cheap, right? Uh, People, if you start seeing the price for the ads go down, that means less people are marketing the specific thing you're marketing. Okay. Which means less competition. And yes, in a recession, fewer patients may go for higher cost procedures. So the pool has drained a little bit, right? But everybody else is lowering their amount of spend, meaning for the same amount you were spending before, you could actually reach more and there's less people trying to reach those people. So while the pool, the pie, the pie has shrunk, your piece of the pie can grow drastically. And so there's always winners in a recession. It's the risk takers. It's the one who's got their house in order. It's the one who becomes good at marketing. And it's the ones that do the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. Okay. So when everybody's running this way, go the other way, Right. Go the other way. You can win big time here. You can do. You can be killing it in a recession market. I, I promise you this. I've seen it happen multiple times. I've seen some practices fold during and after COVID. And then I've seen practices that took off because they took a different path. They started doing virtual consults. They started marketing even more and going harder at that. And, and they really improved their overall practice. So um, I wish it was more people but it's always those risk takers and those ones who want to be different that succeed in those times. So be different, right? Talk to your marketing company. What, where are the lower click rates? Where, where do we think? Are you analyzing where your budget's coming from, where the leads are coming from? Here's 10 grand, spend six on Google ads, I guess, two grand on Facebook and two grand on YouTube. And you're just kind of guessing, right? No, no, no. A good marketing company should be able to tell you where they came from, what's costing you the least amount, when they get into your practice. And then you can take that money and focus it in the area that's most effective, right? So in a recession, go hard at it. Now, this comes with a caveat because of the times that we're in. Um, 
you may want to reconsider that or lower your spend or take a pause right before the elections come um, and, and, and leading up to the elections. What ends up happening is um, all the definitely not shady donations that are coming into both parties, uh, they're going crazy spending um, on ads during the, right before an election. Okay, so they really, really prices go way up in that time because everybody's paying for eyeballs. And in that time, you're probably not going to beat uh, President Biden or uh, or Donald Trump or uh, a local senator or, uh, you know, a local house rep. Right. You're probably not going to beat them because they have uh, lots of uh, pharmaceutical companies and uh, uh Weapons manufacturers giving them millions of dollars to do ads, right? So, so that's comes with a caveat there. Yes, go hard in, in these times if you have your house in order, if you've got your team in order, and when everybody else is slowing down, you can go harder, right? Um, and you can really win that way. Now, be smart about this, um, analyze it, make sure you're doing the right things, and making sure there's an ROI. But trust me when I say this, um, be bold in these times. It's very, very important. But again. With the caveat of pay attention, talk to your marketing companies, um, especially near the elections, uh, that can get really costly and you may see lower rates of patients coming through simply because uh, what a click would have cost five bucks before, maybe 10 or $15 now. So be very careful about that. Uh, a good marketing company will give you a heads up. Most, most maybe not, doesn't mean they're not good. It's just... Uh, they don't want to lower the amount either that you're coming through with them. So just discuss that with them. Make sure they're being transparent with you and say, hey, should I worry about the election? Are the buy rates going up, right? Should I take a pause and just double down right after the elections, right? Um, make sure they're being a good business partner with you as well and have that kind of discussion with, with them as well. So um, just a little recap, right? Uh, can be scary with a recession coming, right? You're running a business. It's already hard as it is. And you may not be a marketing expert, but make sure... Number one, you get your house in order. And, and again, what does that mean? Um, make sure that you have the content within your practice. Again, this costs little to nothing to have signage. Make sure that you can be aware of the uh, procedures that you offer, right? Uh, make sure your team knows how to talk about the benefits of those procedures and have resources they can use to explain the process if needed, but really lead with the benefits, right? Benefits, benefits, benefits. That's what patients care about. That's their language, not necessarily the process. Uh, check your websites, right? I'm not asking you to invest thousands, thousands, but I am asking you to say, does this message on this site, does that show the procedures we want to do at least more of, right? Does it? And if I want to call you or ask questions, did you make it easy on me, especially on the mobile version of your website, right? Again, Add images and video as much as possible within your website that is relevant to the content that is there. Again, this is easy to do nowadays, guys. It's not hard. It's certainly not expensive. And then remember, in a recession, be strategic, but don't necessarily be afraid. When everybody else is being afraid and they're, they're pulling back the money spent, that is an opportunity, right? That means it can cost you less to reach more and you can increase your piece of the pie dramatically while the even if the pie is shrinking overall you can still win and eat and eat good okay so little tips uh and tricks here that i've learned along the ways hope you guys got something out of this episode um if you have questions or hey by the way if you're going to be at the aap meeting uh in uh where is it austin texas i've been in austin a while looking forward to it 
uh, coming up November 9th to the 12th, I believe, uh, I will be there, right? So if you want to stop by, say hello, tell me you hated this episode, you loved it, or ask questions, just hang out, whatever. Uh, I will be at the ZimV booth, come and find me. Um, and just say, hey, Shane, hate the podcast, but wanted to meet you. <laughs> or say, love it, wanted to meet you too. Either way, I look forward to meeting you. So that's it for this episode of the All In Podcast. Everybody have a happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.